Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you joined us on kind of a rainy day that's going to get even more rainy. Thank you for coming. I want you to open your bulletin to the section that says Radical Hospitality. Um, we like to frame our announcements and worship in our five practices of fruitful congregations. We're not perfect. Sometimes we get them right. Sometimes we get them wrong. But we try to live according to these principles. The first of which is Radical Hospitality. We try our best to be friendly in both of our services and in Sunday school when you come on our campus. And this is the overwhelming number of announcements uh, we have for Radical Hospitality. The first of which is visitor and prayer cards in your pew. If you would like to share with us any contact information, uh, we'll contact you in the way that you share with us. Um, we'll give you any kind of information that you like. Just fill out one of those cards and we'll reach out to you. We believe in um, the power of prayer and we have a Tuesday prayer group that meets every Tuesday morning at uh, 9 a.m. and they consider all the prayer concerns shared with us that they have for one another that's been shared to them by the church and uh, the greater community. So if you'd like to share a prayer concern with that group, um, please fill out a card and do so. You can also, in the um, phone number on the very front of your bulletin that says Pastoral Care Emergency Phone, you can use that number to share a prayer concern with us. Just leave a voicemail. If you would like a visit, um, you need one immediately, and that's another intention of that number. You call the number, you'll get an immediate voicemail, and there's four or five people just from this month that'll tell you uh, in this service today, if you call that, um, I get an immediate email, and one of us uh, will respond to you as quickly as possible. Uh, we have flu shots uh, coming this week, courtesy of McCleskey Todd. They'll be in the social hall. It will be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You just need to bring your insurance card uh, if you would like to do that. So flu shots on Wednesday um, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Basketball registration is on our website. Um, there is a cutoff to that, so if you're interested in doing it, um, please do so in the next three weeks. You see a link on the front page of our website, memorialgreer.com, to register for basketball. Uh, we've got a fun event coming up, uh, the Fall Festival, and so uh, Aaron Knight, our Children and Family Ministries Director, is going to tell you about um, all the important aspects of that. Good morning. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and I'm still catching my breath from chasing children, so I'm glad I made it. <laughs> um, I want uh, to invite you all to join us for the Fall Festival. That's going to be October 29th. That's a Sunday night from 5 to 6.30. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we are going to have, um, of course, the Fall Festival games and inflatables, as always. This year we'll have two different bouncy things for kids to enjoy. Uh, we will also have something a little different for food. We will have the Cluck, Squeal, and friends food truck outside rather than us serving you food. Um, you can choose from a variety of things that Cluck, Squeal, and Friends has to offer. They say, you, uh, the owner of that truck says you can't say that name without smiling and I think he might be right. Um, so they'll have fried chicken sandwich, pork chop, cheeseburger, hot dog, and home fries. Those range in price from three to eight dollars and you can see more detail in your bulletin. Um, we will need a couple of um, different kinds of help to make this event a success and it is an outreach to our community. Community, so um, it's an important thing to do right and do well. Uh, we need volunteers first and foremost to man the booths and um, help kids play the games, things like that, clean up, um, set up help. Um, so if you would like to do that, you can either tell me or check the weekly email for a link to a Sign Up Genius registration form that you can uh, go on to and pick the job that's right for you. Um, we also need donations of, of prizes, um, candy that is peanut free or little toys 
toys that we can give the kids who play our games. So I um, would appreciate any donations you might have to offer. You can leave those on the check-in desk on Sunday or in my office. And um, we're sure to have a great time. And again, I'll invite you to participate in the trunk or treat in the parking lot at 6.15 that night. Um, that too gets prizes for the car with the best trunk. Um, but we're sure to have a good time. I hope you'll join us. Thanks. We believe in passionate worship. You'll see announcements uh, in your bulletin. I'll celebrate in this service in particular, um, Renessa and the choir. If you notice, our congregation is getting just slightly smaller every once in a while. And that's because a person from out here is coming up here, uh, which is very cool. We've got a big, great choir and uh, grateful to have uh, uh, our latest people, newest people in the, con in the congregation in the choir. Uh, we believe in intentional faith development. I have um, two or three people text or email me every week and they say, I won't be in worship today. We're going on a family trip or we're going to California or we're going wherever that may be, which is great to hear from them. The thing I want to, the thing I always tell them and I'll tell you is um, if you go to sundayscripturepodcast.com, you'll see the podcast for the week, you'll see a blog for the week, and you also, I post the sermon from Sunday on Sunday afternoon, so you can hear the audio version of that. We've had the video uh, for forever, and we'll continue to have that um, of the entire service. Um, you can catch um, the, uh, the rest of that stuff in audio form at sundayscripturepodcast.com. You'll hear about risk-taking mission and service next week from our report from our council, and you see a report on the back of your bulletin on extravagant generosity. Uh, please note everything in your bulletin. If you weren't here last week and missed a newsletter, I encourage you to get one. It's got a great layout of our prayer garden that's coming on the other side of the social hall. I believe that's all of our announcements, so let's um, stand as you're able and sing our first hymn, number 580.
Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Our first scripture lesson this morning is found on page 858 in your pew Bible. It is Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned, in keeping them, there is great reward. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Lord, you have gathered us to your house, and for that we're so grateful. For the elements in each worship service that draw us closer to you. Today we read of great anger and misunderstanding, but with great hope for the future. As we read the text today, as we read Jesus interacting with religious leadership, questioning everything he could do, yet his complete conviction to share this message that has traveled all the way to us today, we are grateful. Lord, use our prayers today, our songs, our scripture, our proclamation to open our hearts and minds to your will. Though there's great pain on the outside of this building with impending storms, with loss and death in our nation, with confusion in our world, and though there's great pain in this building, emotions that we feel, questions that we have, help us, Lord, to hear today of your grace, of your mercy, and of your provision that can empower us to be agents of your light. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's now time for our offering, and you can give as the plate goes by, or you can give uh, online as the instructions say on the very back page.
You may be seated. Our scripture reading today comes from page 1533 or within a couple of pages of that in your Bible. I'm going to read different segments of it, so if you like to read along, if you'll keep your Bible open as we go. And before we start, I'll tell you, if you saw some of the texts and hear, you read them, of the last couple of weeks, you might get the sense that I'm quite angry with the um, attitude or the action or something going on with the people in the church to have picked so many of these texts in a row. The interesting thing, though, is I'm not. Uh, well, I'm really happy. I'm really happy with our leadership, really happy with the direction we're going. But we follow what's called the lectionary. It's a set of readings for a three-year period that emphasize a gospel each year. There's a new year every Advent, and we're about to wrap up year A, which is Matthew. So if you walked in a gym and had a personal trainer, that personal trainer would say, here's the 17 things you need to do, follow this process, and you'll be more fit at the end of a particular time. So this lectionary cuts up gospels and provides a way for us to read through the entire thing in a year. And the end of Matthew has a lot of anger, has betrayal, has lying, has confrontation. And it's especially angry today. I'll tell you why. Jesus is in the temple. There are many synagogues in his area, just like churches that we have today. But there's only one temple. That temple currently doesn't exist today any longer. But it was in all its splendor in his time and he's in the courtyard and he's talking to religious leaders who were there and they have at least three problems with him that they cannot reconcile. The first of which is their seniority and his complete lack of uh, understanding of their seniority. They don't think he has any concept of the time that they've spent studying the word nor the length of time that that word has been developed. They don't have any sense of, he doesn't have any sense of their um, significance. And we have some of the elements of their worship of having an altar, of having candles, of having the garb that we wear, although theirs is a little more sophisticated. They might have uh, tassels. They How about now? Let's do this. Sorry, you already had that one going. I apologize. They have um, all kinds of garb that sets them apart as leaders, and he doesn't in any way respect their authority. And respect is an interesting word. They have long-held traditions, practices, in the life of their faith throughout the week and in their worship. And he doesn't respect those practices. He either has no concept of them or knows them and betrays them. Either way, they don't care. He's not following them. He doesn't have an understanding, they think. An understanding of the significant religious context that they're in, the political context that they're in, in being occupied by the Roman government. And as they sit in that temple courtyard, there's a fortress just above them with a tower with Roman soldiers on it looking down, making sure they're not doing anything ridiculous or, or causing any sort, of, any sort of commotion. 
So those Romans allow them to worship the way they want to worship and worship the God they want to worship. Y'all do your thing as long as there is no commotion. So they say, you, Jesus, have no understanding of our seniority, you have no respect for our long-held traditions, and you have no understanding of the political, religious, or historical picture. He hears them say that. And our story today is how he responds. Matthew chapter 21, verse 33. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. What a strange phrase to read before you say the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let's talk about seniority. Jesus tells this story about tenant farmers who were hired temporarily to do pretty hard labor in a garden that was created by the owner. But they don't own the land. They have no concept of the owner and the vision of that owner. They have no concept of what it took for him to build the vineyard and the provision and the protection that he provided. They're hired servants who are handed great authority and they've assumed ownership. You know why? How many of you small business owners can leave your small business for more than five to seven days? Not many. Lots of you, it's counting on you being there, paying attention to every detail and making sure the people you have hired are continuing to do the thing that we talked about. Addressing any issues that arise and making sure things are done because your small business depends on your desire and passion to get it done. Yet in the Bible, people who do this leave for extended amounts of time. The significance is that the authority, the work, the... Uh, um, oh, uh, I'll think of it. Uh, what's the thing when you... Accountability is all in the hands of the people who are there. You know, you do that long enough. You work long enough with the owner not being there. And you start to think what? Hey, you know, we, we could do this without the owner. And if we do this without the owner, I bet we don't have to give our cut to the owner. And that thinking is what causes them to lose the significance of the seniority of the owner. Let's look at verse 36. Then he, the owner, sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. 
So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. So let's talk about respect. What kind of respect do these tenant farmers have for the owner and the servants and the son? I'd say zero. I don't know how you get any worse than this. Beat, killed, and stoned. And I think y'all been around me enough to know that I'm not a joke teller because I don't remember the exact details and I don't hit them on the exact spot. My dad is traveling salesman and he can remember them. He remembers people's names. He remembers what makes them laugh and he sets them up with two things and they know the third thing's coming and he tells them they fall over. That's not my style. But that style is what's told by the storytellers in this gospel. You know why? Because it's easy to remember when you stack them that way. He says they did three things and those three things are escalating dramatically. They beat some they killed some. They violently killed others. And what do they say about the son? You know, if we can take him out, we don't have to answer to anyone. It's not solid logic. A man who would have the means to create this vineyard, a man who would have the means to have servants, and has the fortitude to get all this done, would likely have means to get soldiers to come to them, or him come himself. But they're in the mindset of having done the work, and they're thinking, if we can just do one more thing, if we can just take out one more person, all of this is ours. Now, what do you want to bet there's leaders in that group that say it? And there's people who think, yeah, it's kind of an okay idea, but I... And then there's ones, I don't know if we should do this, but I'm sure not stopping the guy who wants to kill people. And there they stand. Workers see a window to take something they've never had. No boss. How many of you would love to have no boss? Vanessa can't say that. Actually, Renessa's kind of my boss, a little bit. With traditional worship, at least. How many of you would rather have a 10% raise or no boss? One or the other. These guys are thinking, we can have a 25, 30% raise and no boss. Because we're taking out the sun and then we own it. Now, you've probably read enough books or watched enough movies to know how that actually plays out when the people who are willing to do that start turning on one another. But in this moment, if we're talking about respect, it's the lowest in human history. Verse 40. Therefore, this is Jesus now emerging from this story and speaking to the religious authorities that he's been telling the story to. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what should he do to these tenants? He'll bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he'll rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him a share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you ever read the Scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. 
quoting Scripture. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. He who falls on the stone will be broken into pieces, but he upon whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. Understanding. He is telling them this story that they may have understanding of the work that went into creation. See, I don't think there's any mistake in the fact that this vineyard, this garden, ties directly back to the garden in Genesis. And a God who saw fit to create something special and then place human beings in that place as a gift to them with an opportunity to then serve. Those human beings, when occupying that place that was a gift in the first place, then start thinking, God, it seems like there's a lot of rules around here. Maybe we ought to do what we want to do. He's trying to give them a sense of the hope that God has in that creation and for the leaders that have been placed there. He's trying to give them a sense of the love that God has for a son. But there's just bitter anger. See, when he tells that story, and that method has been used in other parts of the Bible, uh, the prophet Nathan with King David, when King David made a huge mistake, the prophet told him a story and said, what do you think should happen here? The king tells him there should be justice. Then Nathan says to him, well, you're kind of the subject of the story. When a mirror is placed in front of us, of our actions, of our words. We first put up a little bit of a fight, but if we recognize it, then there's great pain in the fact that we've fallen short. And the religious leaders are saying, wait a minute. He's calling us temporary workers. He's calling us murderers. How can He call us that? Do you see how fancy our stuff is? Do you see what we've done for this temple? Do you see how much work we've put into interpreting the Scriptures? We've done the hard work. Therefore what? We should get to call it. And here comes the Son to them to confront them. And they know that they have to do something. They know that they must eliminate Him in order to get control again. So let's talk about worth. How often do you establish your worth? How often do you question your worth? You might not think all that often, but you do. And it might relate directly to one of these three things or all of these three things. How often do you have a question with another person about your worth based on your seniority to that person? I've simply put more time in. I've done this longer. I've worked harder than you have. And I should get respect from you. How often have you done it because of respect? 
You should just respect me for who I am and what I am, being a customer, being in a relationship, being a co-worker. I think you should respect me. And that respect has a lot to do with the way you feel about your worth. It might be understanding. You know, one of the greatest things that you can do for someone is to hear them long enough to understand their perspective. But if you feel like someone doesn't respect your seniority, doesn't respect who you are, doesn't understand who you are, it all boils down to your sense of worth. And it comes out as anger. You ever wait in a longer line than you think it should be? And you think, my time's more valuable than this. You ever wait for a doctor longer than you think you should wait? You ever wait for your food longer than you think you should wait? And you think, this person doesn't respect me for who I am. And it comes out as anger. You know what it truly is? Sadness. When you write a loved one, or you call a loved one, or you meet a loved one for coffee, and you want to express your great anger over a lack of respect, it's not really anger, it's hurt. Because you're wondering about your worth, and you want that person to confirm it. These people are feeling great anger and sadness. You know what's not happening when people are completely angry and arguing with one, with one another? No fruit. Zero. What was the original purpose of the Garden of Eden? What was the original purpose of this vineyard? What's the original purpose of any new church start, whether it happened in 1850, 1955, or 2017? To draw people closer. To produce fruit. We're to discuss the original purpose of a love that was laid out by God. But if we're feeling angry that we haven't been respected, it's hard to do it. We're to discuss the ultimate sacrifice taken on by the Son of God. See, Jesus came to earth as the Son of God, as vulnerable as that Son went to the vineyard. Knowing previous people had been harmed and or killed, He went anyway. So if you wonder about your worth, the significance of your life, understand that the Son of God came declaring something that He knew would be offensive to the people who could harm Him, and they in fact did, and He did it anyway. If we can have our original purpose, if we can keep in mind of the ultimate sacrifice that Christ made for us, we may be inspired to live a life in which people see our fruit by our actions and our words. But if we obsess about who owes us something and what respect we're due, we will spend our life angry, and hurt. So when you start to think, is someone respecting my seniority? Is someone respecting who I am as a person? Is someone understanding my desire and my purpose? This is what we all have to do. We all have to say, hold on. 
Let me see if I can understand God's. Let me see if I can respect God's. Let me see if I can determine the original purpose of God having me being here. And if I can raise that by 5 to 10%, maybe then we can get to the way I feel about people responding to me. Then your actions and your words will be fruit in this community in a way that you've been placed here, designed here to do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our final hymn is number 140. If you'll stand as you're able and join us in singing.
peace.